Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today we are discussing why the Bible is true. Well, Bill, it's a new year, 2023, and uh, we know for us as believers, it is more important than ever to know why we believe the Bible and to remain strong in our faith. You know, there will be more shakings in the world this year, and as in, you know, we are in the last days, 2 Timothy uh, 3 mentions perilous times will come in That's the right. last days, and there are lies, false doctrines, and confusion to stand against. That's right. So we got to know our Bibles today. You know, are there, there are those who think that there is no difference in the many religions and that all are equally valid paths to obtain salvation. Many believe a person finds God in their own way. However, Jesus said he is the only way in John 14, 6. And that's also stated in Acts 4.12 and throughout the scriptures. So it all comes down to you either believe Jesus was telling the truth or you call him a liar. Now, Billy Graham said, quote, Most of the world religions are based on philosophical thought, except for four, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. These four are based on personality, but only Christianity claims resurrection for its founder, close quote. So only Christianity, Jesus Christ came and died for our sins and then rose from the dead. No other religious leader claims someone died for their sins and then rose from the dead and uh, had over 500 witnesses to, to see that. So um, and there is much proof of the empty tomb also. And no other religious leader died, again, like I said, for your sins. So Jesus said he would, and he did. That's right. And in Mark 8, 31, Bill, he said, And he began to teach them that the Son of God may suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. All right, so he just showed there that he would uh, prophesy that he would die and rise from the dead. Yes, and also in John 10, 17, and 18, Jesus said, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. So no one has ever risen from the dead by their own power. Right. And only God can raise the dead. Exactly. And, and as you said, Bill, Jesus was also seen by over 500 witnesses. That's right. You know, there are many scholars, historians, archaeologists, and lawyers who have researched the Bible and its claims and found it all to be accurate. And one book called The Reliability of the Bible, page 25, uh, quotes a lot of these scholars that uh, point out that the Bible is true. And these are brilliant people. And I'm just going to name a few. Dr. Gleason Archer. He had a Ph.D. from Harvard Graduate School, a B.D. from Princeton. He studied all the lang ancient languages and culture, and he spoke 15 languages. And he said, quote, Almost every problem in Scripture that has ever been discovered has been dealt with in a completely satisfactory manner by the biblical text itself or else by objective archaeological information, close quote. Another one, Dr. Robert Dick Wilson, he had a Ph.D. from Princeton. He spoke 45 languages, 
Uh, he was an Old Testament authority. He could repeat from memory a Hebrew translation of the entire New Testament without missing a single syllable and most of all the Old Testament and so forth. Uh, he said, no critic has ever succeeded in proving an error in the Old Testament. Then we have Dr. John Warwick Montgomery. Just to give you a little background, he graduated from Cornell University with distinction in philosophy. He was a Phi Beta Kappa, PhD from University of Chicago, a second doctorate in theology from the University of Strasbourg, France, and seven other graduate degrees in theology, law, library, science, and other fields. He wrote 40 books and did 125 scholarly journals. And he said, I myself have never encountered an alleged contradiction in the Bible which could not be cleared up by the use of the original language or by the use of accepted principles of literary and historical interpretation. And I just want to share one more, Bill, Dr. Clifford Wilson, and he's a well-known archaeologist who wrote 17 volumes of archaeological findings and many books, and he said, the Bible stands investigation in ways that are unique in all literature, its superiority to attack, its capacity to withstand criticism, its amazing facility to be proved right after all, are all staggering by any standards of scholarship, quote. That's right. And there's so many more quotes we could give by these scholars. But you know, uh, many of the world religions are based on one man's vision or a supposed visit from an angel or even from God himself, they say. Now, each religion had one individual who wrote one book based on his one experience, and surprisingly, millions follow this one man's book and don't even question it. That's many of the world religions. It's amazing. Now, Christianity is not based on one book or one man's vision. It's a collection of 66 books written by 40 authors over a 1,500-year period, written on three continents in three different languages— and these 40 men all wrote about the coming Savior, and there are no discrepancies or disagreement between them. In addition, they wrote over 300 prophecies or predictions about this one man, Jesus Christ. Uh, 800 years before he was even born, and every one of those predictions, Jesus fulfilled. And we're just going to give you a few. Now, we have chapter and verse for the Old and for the New Testament where Jesus fulfilled it, but we're going to refrain from giving those just for time's sake. Just give the, the, uh, the quote. Yes, and here are just a few of the prophecies Jesus fulfilled. He would be born in Bethlehem. He would be born of a virgin. His scheduled time of birth is foretold 600 years prior. He was declared to be the Son of God. He would, have, uh, he would have to flee to Egypt. Um, actually, Mary was pregnant with him, and they had to flee to Egypt. And he would return and grow up in Nazareth. He would be of the seed of David. He would be riding a donkey to enter Jerusalem and be hailed as the Messiah. He would be falsely accused. He would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, and the silver be thrown down in the temple, and a potter's field would be purchased. He would be whipped... That's right. His, his hands and feet would be pierced. He would be spit upon. His beard would be plucked out. He would be beaten with many stripes. His side would be pierced. His clothes would be parted. He would be buried in a rich man's tomb. He would be hung on a cross. He would die and rise from the dead the third day, and he would ascend into heaven. 
Now, this is just a few of the 300 predictions, and Jesus fulfilled every one of them. Isn't that amazing? That Look at is. all these things that are foretold about him. And very detailed things. Right. Yeah, like 30 pieces of silver. He would be betrayed, and the silver would be thrown down in the temple, and a potter's field would be purchased with those 30 pieces of silver. That's pretty detailed. So all these things was written hundreds of years before he was born, and he fulfilled every one of them. No other religious leader could claim that. And, um, you know, like I said, no other religious uh, religion foretells the future, and especially about a coming religious leader. You know, if someone researches any of these false religions, they will discover the lies, deception, and shady background of these founders. You know, see, Christianity has been investigated, and it's all found to be true. Absolutely. By thousands of scholars, historians, archaeologists, and even skeptics, it's been investigated. And they have found the Bible to be true and accurate. That's right. Now, Bill, can you provide some additional evidence for Christianity? Yes, there is so much. And, you know, real quickly, there are many books written, uh, apologetic books, that have all kinds of proof that the Bible's true. You know, Evidence Demands a Verdict, and uh, Josh McDowell, and Lee Strobel, and Dr. Henry Morris, and many uh, others. But just to give a few things, you know, Romans 1 holds us accountable because of creation. God holds us accountable because the evidence of design is overwhelming. Look at the human body. It's remarkable how it's made, as David said in Psalms 139. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, a baby being born. That's amazing what takes place. Look at the symmetry in the body. And uh, look at the plant life, the animal kingdom, the universe, the planets, all in harmony and uh, rotating at just the precise speed and so forth. The Earth's rotation, exactly the right amount at 24 hours a day. If it was any longer, vegetation would die and so forth. Everything's fine-tuned. So the evidence of design is overwhelming. Well, that points to a designer. There has to be a God. So God holds his man accountable because of design. And Dr. Richard Dawkins, a prominent Oxford evolutionist, he wrote, The feature of living matter that most demands explanation is that it is almost unimaginatively complicated in directions that convey a powerful illusion of deliberate design. And that's clear. You know, and just to give a quick example of design, you know, if you found a watch on the beach, uh, a beautiful Rolex watch, you would not say, well, through the eons of time, the wind swept, the water swept over it and so forth, and this formed this beautiful watch that kept perfect time. You would say that's crazy to even say that. Yet the wrist that wears the watch is far more complex than the watch. Yet people think this body just evolved out of nothing. Or happened by accident. Happened by accident. You know. Now, also some questions asked. Why does the Bible remain the biggest selling book by far in all of history with billions of copies sold, the best selling book every year? Why is Christianity the only religion attacked and forbidden in many places and its followers killed? Why not all the other religions? Why is the word Christmas challenged and even forbidden by some? Because the word Christ is in it. Absolutely. You know, that's so true, Bill. And why is our, our calendar based on the birth of Christ? If he was not the son of God, why not base it on another religious leader? Right. And why do people use the name of Jesus as a curse word and no other religious leader? These are some questions to ask ourselves. Right. God said Jesus' name is a name above all names. So the devil wanted to put it beneath all and use it as a curse word. 
you know, let's just look at some scientific things. You know, what is gravity? Science doesn't even know really what gravity is. They don't really understand it. And it also they say it is so fine-tuned that if it were any stronger, there would be a great tectonic activity or earthquakes. And if it were any less, the lighter elements such as hydrogen and helium would escape the atmosphere, which is vital for life to exist. The physicist Brandon Carter calculated that even a tiny adjustment in gravitational force by in one part in 10 to the 40th would eliminate the possibility of life on the earth. That's in a book, Creation, by Grant Jeffrey, page 129. That's amazing, Bill. And, you know, also look at the human eye. And just going on, this is with Grant Jeffrey's book, Creation. It says, quote, a million microscopic optic nerves begin growing from the eye through the flesh toward the optical section of the baby's brain. Simultaneously, a million optic nerves with a protective sheath similar to a fiber optic cable, begin growing through the flesh towards the baby's eye. So it's from the brain and then from the eye. And it says each of these 1 million optic nerves must find and match up to its precise mate to enable vision to function perfectly. Quote. I mean, that's amazing. That's astonishing. A million growing out of the eye and out of the brain, and they all have to interconnect find each other, and all line up perfectly. How could that be random chance? Right. Now, even Charles Darwin said in his book, The Origin of the Species, page 217, he said, quote, to suppose that the eye with all its imitable contravances for adjusting the focus to different distances, for admitting different amounts of light, and for the correction of spherical and chromatic aberration could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. Also in the book From Ape to Man by Herbert Went, Darwin also said, I have asked myself whether I may not have devoted my life to a fantasy. I am ready to cry with vexation at my blindness and presumption. Wow, you know, you wonder if he ever repented. I know. You know, let's just look at the atmosphere. Now, scientists say that the early atmosphere had to be free of oxygen because it destroys the building blocks of life, such as the protein molecule and the DNA and RNA. However, if there is no oxygen, there would be no ozone layer, thereby allowing the ultraviolet radiation to penetrate the atmosphere, which kills the protein molecules. So you can't have life with oxygen, and you can't have life without it. They know that's a problem that they can't answer. Now, let's look at also amino acids. You know, this is another problem scientists are aware of. Amino acids come in two forms, right and left-handed. But proteins in living systems can only consist of left-handed amino acids. Right-handed ones would kill the proteins. Well, since science believes that life began in a soup of chemicals, how could the protein molecule consist of only left-handed ones? How could it fish out of a soup of right and left-handed only left-handed? That's, I love how that's God, design. Exactly. I love how God stumps all these people that think they're so smart. That's right. <laughs> you know, Bill, too, in Job uh, 36, 27, this is an interesting verse, another miracle by God about distilling water. It says, For he maketh small the drops of water, they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. That's right. So how could Job have known that the clouds absorb mostly the seawater, it forms a vapor and distills it in the clouds, which is needed, as salt water kills plant life? 
you know, only God would know this. And this was written by Job 1520 BC, 1520 years ago. Wow, that's a long time ago, way before all these scientific discoveries. Right, right. 3,500 years ago. All they had to do is read the word of God. You know, and also, um, Bill, there are paths in the sea mentioned in Psalms 8.8. And Matthew Fontaine Murray, who was the founder, I believe, of oceanography, right? He's considered the father of oceanography. Okay, and he took this verse, Psalms 8.8, and discovered the paths so that ships could navigate more easily, you know, easily with the current. And this was not known until the mid-1800s. That's right. You know, look at the preciseness of God. Just one thing to look at. The moon is one-fourth the size of the earth, and the earth is only one-thousandth the size of the sun. In order to appear the same size, their placement in the universe has to be precise. What would be the odds of that occurring? So you can observe an eclipse. You know, the sun and the moon appear the same size, even though they're vastly different and so forth. So again, God's, uh, he just miraculous creativity and wanting to show man, you know, something. There is a God. Yes. Yeah. He wants us to find him, you know, and also what about the missing link? I might, I mean, why has the supposed missing link never been found? Why does evolution still remain a theory with all their effort to find proof? Right. You know, and almost just as many scientists believe that everything does have design. So, of course, therefore, has to be, there has to be a designer. And they admit that all the physical laws are so fine-tuned for life to exist that random chance would be impossible. That's right. And just to give a few quotes from some of the professors, Professor Stephen Hawking, he said, the odds against a universe like ours emerging out of something like a Big Bang are enormous. Now, this is Stephen Hawking's. That's in the book, Creation, page 138. Dr. Paul Davies, he said, the temptation to believe that the universe is a product of some sort of design, a manifestation of subtle aesthetic and mathematical judgment is overwhelming. So the temptation to believe that there's design is overwhelming. That's what he's saying. That's also in Creation, page 139. Professor uh, Wormer von Braun, he was the German rocket scientist who developed the American NASA program. He said, I find it difficult to understand a scientist who does not acknowledge the presence of a superior rationality behind the existence of the universe. That's also creation, page 141. Dr. George Howey, uh, he said, the chance that useful DNA molecules would develop without a designer are approximately zero. That's page 151. And one more, Professor Michael J. Behe asserts that there are no authoritative science textbooks that attempt to prove that molecular evolution could ever have occurred through random chance mutations. That's page 170. So that's just to give a few. You know, so many scientists, they know they that there's a designer. There's, they admit that there's a, there's a designer because this evidence of design is too overwhelming. Absolutely. You know, and Bill, this is the definition of science. So we have to keep this in mind, too. Um, this is from the Daily, uh, the Science Daily, and it says, quote, a scientific method is based on the collection of data through observation and experimentation. Quote, so evolution is not observable since they say it's billions and billions of years. Uh, it's over that much time. It's not verifiable. It's not repeatable. And it, or it can it be experienced. 
And the Bible right. is verifiable based on a collection of historical and archaeological and scientific information and findings. Right. So evolution is not a science because it doesn't fulfill even the definition. You cannot observe it and uh, you cannot experience it. It's not verifiable. It's not repeatable. Exactly. It's just a belief system. You know, so man has been given a choice to believe Jesus was telling the truth that he is the only way to heaven, that he is the son of God and he died for our sins. You have to decide for yourself. But remember, without investigation of your belief, you remain ignorant and your incorrect decision will cost you your eternal soul. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.